Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. And I can't get it out of my head. Cause I won't use discretion when I'm talking about obsession. Cause this is what makes me me. And I'm glad that I called ya. I'm talking about nostalgia. And this is where I wanna be. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. What is going on, guys? You're listening to another episode of the Gimme Podcast. I'm your host and resident horse girl, Kathleen Tomorrow. Um, I'm laughing because usually I have a guest on every week. And this week, I'm just staring at a screen of myself talking to myself because this week I'm doing a Q&A. Um, I figured, why not? You know, we've done this will be our 34th episode. We picked up a lot of new listeners in a lot of new places. Uh, I looked at the stats the other day. We have listeners in Germany, South Africa, New Zealand. Maybe one of my distant relatives in Belgium is listening to us. India. I mean, it is truly expanding. And I am amazed because people from other countries are listening to me who they don't know talk to guests who they also don't know. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, but anyway, so I wanted to do an episode of Q&A because we have some new listeners and also just to kind of like break it up to, to let you guys know a little bit more about me. I've had a few people that wanted to know more details about the life of a horse girl. They didn't say it like that, but you know, that's about what they meant. So yeah. I put out a general Q&A to my followers on Instagram um, and Twitter. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you can follow my personal account, which is at Kat Demarle, K-A-T-D-E-M-A-R-L-E. And uh, the podcast page, which is at the Gimme Pod, that's at T-H-E-G-I-M-M-E-P-O-D. I had to pause there briefly because to be honest with you, I had to think about how to spell my own podcast. Um, Cause sometimes I'm just bad at spelling to be honest. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we put out questions. There were two kind of groups of questions. So didn't get a lot of questions, but we did get some, which is positive. Um, I say didn't get a lot of questions as if I'm shocked, but to be fair, I'm not shocked that I didn't get a lot of questions because I don't know. I'm just like not surprised by that. But some of the questions we did get, we got some good questions. So for example, this first question comes from a friend of mine out in Indianapolis. Um, she asks, how are you doing overall? Now, if this question had come about a month ago, I would have had a very different outlook. Uh, a month ago, if you had asked me how I was doing, I would have said not good because I had, I guess it was about a month ago, I had like a panic attack in an antique mall, which to be honest, is not the best place to have a panic attack. And it had nothing to do with being in the antique mall. I love antiques. I, love antiques. I got a typewriter sitting right above my head right now. Big fan of antiques. Um, 
but but something just put me into a bad space that day and I think after that I said to myself that I have to start breadcrumbing through the rest of the pandemic. I don't know if that makes sense, if that's relevant to anybody, but basically what I mean by that is I started saying to myself, like, I got to wake up and look for something positive every day, as tacky as that sounds, because otherwise I am just going to turn into a ball of flubber. Things are better. Things are going better. I feel like I hit a good stride over the last few weeks. I have some positive things that are hopefully on the horizon. I have a few things in my back pocket that I'm looking to continue to pursue. Um, The last month, I spent some time working on something that I I won't hear about for a couple more months. And so I don't really want to talk about it. But uh, I will say that by doing that, I had to put off a couple other creative projects that I was working on. So now it's nice to be able to gear back up into those creative project spaces. So how am I doing overall? Better. It's getting warmer out. We're allowed to like go on walks now. (laughs) So, you know, it's getting better. Okay. Another question, not related to the podcast. Will you ever get another dog? Well, it says, will you ever get another doggy specifically? Now, for our listeners, like our listeners in in Germany and South Africa and India, who may not know me, um, I lost my dog at the beginning of 2020. So like six weeks before the pandemic, I lost my dog and I had had her for about six, almost 16 years, like 15 and a half years. She was a dachshund. She was a one-eyed dachshund. She only had one eye. She wasn't born like that. She actually lost her eye when I was in college because she had a bone tumor on the orbital of her eye. She had bone cancer. They had to take the eye for margin. Um, And she lived like a very, they gave her, I want to say like three years. The vets didn't know, you know, how much time to give her. They thought she might have to go back in for like radiation or something but she never had to do any of that. She lived eight years. So she lived like well beyond the amount of time that I thought I was going to have with her. So I'm really happy that I had that time with her, but in regards to getting a new dog, um, I actually wrote an article about this during the pandemic, just about a year after she passed. So just a couple months ago about how I would really like to get a new dog, but I just don't think it would be fair for me at this point in my life to get a new dog knowing that things may go back to normal and I may be gone out of the house, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours a day. If I go back to having an in-person job or even doing what I'm doing now, if I have an, an office that I'm going to, plus comedy, plus other things, I just don't foresee it being a great option at this time, but I do have a dream. I have a dream, which I've told people about and people judge me, but I want to open a little wiener dog farm. (laughs) This is like, I'm talking retirement here when I say that. Uh, But I also kind of want to have like a little long haired blonde miniature dachshund that I may or may not name something like Tulip or Poppy or, you know, 
some floral related uh, name or pretzel. I I not gonna lie, pretzels not off the table. Uh, but that is down the road too. That probably wouldn't happen for at least you know two years. I can't imagine that, that would happen anytime soon. Okay, the next question we have is from. Uh, actually a guest who was on this podcast a while back, and he also does the intro music. Um, we had on Matt Shore. Matt Shore and I talked about the Gilmore Girls a few episodes ago. You should go listen to that episode if you want to have like a fun little throwback. Um, but the question that Matt asks is, biggest drama at grade school? Mine was when one girl hacked another another's Webkin's account. <laughs> And I'm laughing because Matt and I are not that different in age. We're both in our 20s, but I realized how big of an age gap there is because I'm thinking grade school. And to me, grade school is elementary school. And the only access we had to computers was those little, and I'm betting some of our listeners know these, they were like these rolling carts and you had to like, they were locked up. And you would get access to computers and you'd like sign them out. It was like you would sign out a MacBook. And this was back in the day when MacBooks had built-in handles and were colored. So like it was a gray computer, but then the Apple would be like orange or blue. And then there was like a little handle you could hold it. And I just remember thinking that that was like the coolest thing. But anyway... That's just proving the point that I'm much older than Matt Shore. But uh, as far as scandals go, I had a personal scandal, which was in the fourth grade. This, I think he wants me to talk about like drama, but I don't have much of that. What I w- will say is I have a personal scandal, which was when um, I was paired up with this kid who's doing fine now, FYI. But it was the fourth grade and we were paired up to work together. And uh, I refused to work with him. And my teacher was like, why are you not working with this person? Like, he's your partner. You have to work with him. And my reasoning was, is that he was a redhead. And I was like, I'm allergic to redheads. I can't work with this person. Now, needless to say, he's gone on to live a fruitful life, I think. Maybe not. I took a long pause there because I, I don't actually know, but I think he was like on the lacrosse team and stuff. So I'm sure he's well adjusted and doing fine. But anyway, as far as the biggest drama at grade school, there was a little bit of drama in the music department. There was a little bit of drama in the music department because see the music department, when you were in fifth grade, there was like a, a production put on and we had the production Pirates of Penzance and they brought us all in and they said that we each got to pick three roles that we wanted to play. And they recommended that you rank two roles, one to two roles as like leading roles. And then your third pick, they were like, you got to pick a chorus role. Like you have to pick up like a backup option. But I was trying to manifest from a young age. Like I was like, all about just like manifesting your goals. And I was convinced as a kid that I was going to be like on Broadway or something for no reason, just like totally convinced about that. So I picked all the leading roles and needless to say, I should also just point out 
that this may or may not have had an influence on, on my casting choices, but uh, I technically had like a very mild learning disability as a kid. So they used that as an excuse to not give me any of the roles I picked. And they sat me down after casting, which like there was no casting. They just assigned people roles. And they sat me down and they were like, Kathleen, we want you to know, like, you can be the backup um, performer, but you really should have picked a chorus role. And they tried to say that too many people wanted the parts that I wanted, but I knew that class. And like, all the kids were super shy. It was like me and Stephanie Corbett that wanted that role. And she got that role. And that's fine because she's now a background extra in a bunch of New York related things. You could see her on like Boardwalk Empire in the background. So sure, that was her make or break. Pirates of Penzance as her make or break. But for me, it was truly uh, devastating. And I fully believe that my mild learning disability, which mind you, my learning disability was that I couldn't process other languages, basically. So like Spanish was hard for me, like French was hard for me, reading sheet music was hard for me, but memorizing lines has never been like a major issue for me. Like I've taken theater over the years. I've, I'm not saying I've been in a lot of plays, but I've been in a few plays. I've I won a poetry contest in elementary school. Okay, well, I got to the finals. But anyway, so like there were other kids that also didn't get cast as they wanted to. I would say that that was our biggest drama. I am fully assuming that all this drama is surrounded around me. If we're talking more like Webkin's level stuff, I'm feeling like there was always drama around Valentine's Day, like which kid would give out you know, Valentine's to who, but they kind of figured that out. And then they just like assigned you a Valentine to give a, a shoebox full of stuff to. Okay. The next question is, do you plan on staying in Boston for a long time? Oh, well, this is a great question as the flux of people I know are leaving the city and, or are leaving comedy. Uh, so I guess the answer to this is I wish. I wish I was leaving Boston soon. It would be nice. I don't feel like things are the same as they were when I got here five years ago. And mind you, I got here by not wanting to come here. Like I lost my job uh, in 2015 when I was living in the South in the good old state of West Virginia. And I lost my job because I, I know that this does not make sense to our listeners, but the man that hired me on died. And then there was some shifting in the, like somebody else took over his position and then they started looking at the budget and my job that I had, which was not the original job. I, I got hired on to be a manager in training. So this was the job I had after that was, you know, like not necessary. Like it was not necessary to the bottom line. It was a luxury position for that company to have. And I lost my job. So I moved back to Boston. I didn't have any other options. I moved back. Technically I moved back in with my parents in Vermont for like two months. And then I was like, I 
have to leave. Like I have to leave. This is the part where I'm going to say I'm not from Vermont. Like the amount of people that just assume I'm from Vermont because my parents live there is too many. I, I don't, I ski in Vermont. I'm not from Vermont. I'm from the Boston area. I'm not going to say I'm from Boston because I know that that's a lie because I'm from a small town outside of Boston by about 30 minutes in Middlesex County. But anyway, um, so when I moved back here, I was like not fully sure about my plans. And I thought this stream of thought is going nowhere. And I figured that I would be in Boston for three or four years and then I would move. And I've been here for almost six years, which is wild. And I had originally on my schedule, on my plan, every year at the beginning of the year, I write out on my typewriter, because I'm a weirdo, my to-dos for the year, like my goals, my long-term goals. And I tried to accomplish all of them within that year. And one of them I had for 2020 was that I was going to move. And there was a stipulation on there that I was going to move to New York regardless of anything. Like I was like, if I didn't even have a job, I was planning to move. I was just planning to move. But then the pandemic happened and I was like, well, this doesn't make sense for me to leave. Like I'm not going to move to a city that's worse off than where I am. But now that we're into 2021, I think that like there is a plan at some point in the short term and by short term, I mean within the next like six months, a year and a half that I would consider moving. There are some balls up in the air around opportunities for me to move. Um, those balls are TBA. Like I'm waiting on some of that stuff to come back. I don't know the answer to when and if I move. It's terrifying though. It's like terrifying. I'm not good at moving. Like I am a horrible mover. It is why is like the one thing I dread. Um, I've gotten better over the years, but to be fair, every time I move, it is just like the most anxiety riddling experience. I always cry. It is really quite stressful and it's not for any reason. It's mostly just like you have expectations moving somewhere new and then you're basically alone. Like you might know people there, but like you're alone. That sounds really sad for a comedy podcast. So anyway, uh, also my other fear is that if I move, I'm going to have to deal with like a bad roommate situation. I would really like to like save up enough money so that I could feasibly have a studio if I move, because I've had so many bad roommates, um, most notably, I don't think I've talked about on this podcast, but I had a roommate when I lived in West Virginia who was a Mormon missionary, which is fine. And she used to like low key bring me to events and not tell me that they were like trying to convert me, but they were definitely like I don't know, you go to a dinner with like 30 people and they're all Mormon and you're the only non-Mormon and they're asking you about like your church beliefs, like you're, they're trying to convert you. Um, many times did I come home and she like had somebody cornered in our house and she was like asking them about like their thoughts on Lucifer and like, it was weird. 
but the breaking point with that roommate was there was this one time that I asked her to take out her recyclables, which she had piled up in our dining room in 40 gallon trash bags. Um, and so she did, but in the process of doing that, she accidentally or whatever, let my dog out and it was snowing and my dog got uh, stuck outside all day, running around like a crazy woman, half blind, you know, barking on people's doorsteps. Like we lived by a divided highway. Like, thank God she didn't go in that direction. And it wasn't even that the dog got out. It was her, my roommate's response, which was basically to the effect of like, well, she's a dog. They're meant to live outside anyway. And I was like, okay, if you had a Husky with a double coat, or if, even if you had like a Labrador retriever or anything, I'm sorry though. This is like a 20 pound wiener dog with one eye. And there's like no, there's no shelter. There's nothing. And so she didn't apologize at all. And she like refused to move out when I asked her to move out. Uh, mind you, she was subletting for me at the time and she refused to move out. And then finally, like two weeks later, she said that God spoke to her and she left. She just like left, like God spoke to her. Then the next day, her family had all driven there from uh, Indiana. They had like driven overnight. She packed up all her stuff. She cleaned and she left. And I was like, I don't like accepting Jesus, but I will, or not Jesus, God, whatever. I don't fully accept God, but in this situation, I will accept that God spoke to you. Like, I'm happy to accept that. Okay. I got like mildly off topic there, but you know, you get, you get the vibes guys. I'm a little scatterbrained. Okay. So those are all the non-podcast related questions that we got, but we got a couple podcast related questions. So I'm going to answer those now. So this one is, this is funny. What is your most embarrassing moment involving your obsession? So for those of you that don't know that maybe haven't listened to the first episode or like didn't put together the cover art of this podcast, I was truly obsessed and still am with horses. Uh, You know, my first job was at a horse barn. Um, I rode horses on a competitive equestrian team in high school and college. And I've talked about this particular incident on other podcasts. So I will briefly touch on it and then talk about another embarrassing incident. So on my, I should first say that most equestrians are very thin people. They're, I am not as thin as most equestrians. Now you're like, why are equestrians thin? You have to know how to control a horse. Yeah, but judges don't want to see, like, to be honest, they're looking for thin people up there. It's just like, unfortunately, the truth. And so I went to this horse show and I was wearing my my riding gear and I went to mount the horse to swing my leg over the horse and my riding pants ripped from butt to crotch, just like clean rip. Now I should also say that a common theme at equestrian shows 
is that people try to avoid what we call as VPL, also known as visible panty lines, which means a lot of equestrians, I don't know if I'm speaking for all equestrians here, don't wear underwear. Thank God that I wasn't one of those people because like you would have seen, you would have seen everything. It would have been like real rough. Yeah, I would have sent a few people to therapy, I'm sure. So I rip my pants and I get off the horse. I still have time. Like I could change feasibly. I still have time, but there are no girls at the show with extra pants. And there are no girls at the show who are my size that are willing to like, let me borrow their pants. It just wasn't happening. And there was nobody with a sewing kit. And, and you don't want to you don't want gray duct tape. Like it just brings too much attention. So the conclusion was that I had to ride with ripped pants and just have a really good seat, meaning like not get too high out of the saddle when I, on my jumping round. And I'm proud to say that I won both my classes that day. It's like very embarrassing moment, but also turned out pretty well. Now, the other embarrassing moment I will say is similar was my first college horse show. It was at this like beautiful, it was, it was a military school, but we didn't ride against them. They were just, we were renting the space from them. And my first round jumping round, I pulled an entire jump down with my knee, like an entire jump. And the arena was so big and there were these stands and it just was like, it came crashing down and like everybody heard and it went quiet. It, and I was so embarrassed because of my first show and my coach was just like, well, it can only go up from here this season. That was also pretty embarrassing. Okay. Um, and the next question we have is, do I have any other obsessions? Do I have any other obsessions? You guys have clearly not been listening to this podcast. No, I'm kidding. I don't mean to shame you. Um, yeah, I have other obsessions. I think I unfortunately went through a phase of my life where I was very obsessed with the Twilight movies. I'd like to say that had another series, another book series come out when I was in high school that had a female protagonist and was picked up as a movie. I probably would have quoted that in my senior yearbook instead of Twilight. But like Twilight was the big thing. I was not into Harry Potter. Like I I read the first four books, but I wasn't into it after that. Um, I think similarly, like I would have been into Lord of the Rings, but it just wasn't my thing at the time. And then other obsessions, I... I kind of think this leans also into collections a little bit. So I like to collect birthday cards, like not other people's birthday cards, but like if you've sent me a birthday card or just a card in general, I've probably kept it. I have a couple boxes. It's funny because I try to convey that I'm a minimalist, but I'm not a minimalist because a minimalist really has very few possessions. In reality, I have a fair amount of stuff, but I just don't like a lot of tchotchke type things. But to me, things like birthday cards or, you know, 
um, this is really embarrassing, but I wrote a bunch of letters to people on my typewriter at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was so excited to get letters back from like these 10 people that I wrote letters to because I wanted to like keep them and save them. Uh, and nobody wrote me back. Like all these people were like, I'm going to give you your, you my address. Like, let's be pen pals. And I spent all this time typing out these letters. And then I never heard back from any of them, even though like four of those people messaged me and were like, I'm going to write you back. Like, don't worry. It's fine. If you guys are listening to this podcast now, it's fine. I'm not bitter. I'm not holding a grudge. I don't have your name on my wall right now. Like, don't worry about it. But like, I like to collect that kind of stuff. I, I think I would call that like a mild obsession in the sense that I just like to collect like postcards. I love postcards, regardless of if they have like a note on them or not. I like to buy postcards when I go places, birthday cards, pins, but I don't have like a ton of pins, but like I used to collect them when I was an ice skater. And uh, my other obsession is wiener dogs. If you guys aren't aware, if you're ever on the street with me and there is a small dachshund, I will probably yell the word ween several times in my mind. Maybe not out loud. It depends. But I love wiener dogs. I love dachshunds. So that's probably my other obsession. And I definitely have a few others. I just cannot think of them now. Oh, I collect booze. But I mostly collect that because I collect whiskey and it's mostly, it's a small collection. I think I only have like eight bottles of whiskey. Um, but I mostly collect that because at one point I was very into a bartender who was really into whiskey. And so then I got into it and now I'm just into it. And this bartender is MIA, like he, he's long gone. That was like Kathleen circa 2012. Yeah, pass. Okay, we have one last question, guys. We are at the last question. It's a good question. And the question is, um, are there any obsessions that you want someone to come on and talk about? I'm paraphrasing, but that is basically what it says. Yes, yes. I want to talk to somebody who is obsessed with Magic the Gathering. I need to talk to somebody. If you're obsessed with the Magic the Gathering and you're listening to this, I want to talk to you. Because like through osmosis of my brother, I know a little bit, not a lot, not a lot at all about Magic the Gathering. I also want to talk to another horse girl. Like I want to have another horse girl on this podcast. So if you're a horse girl, message me at the gimme pod on Instagram or Twitter, or email me at the gimme pod at gmail.com. And guys, I want to wrap this weird episode where I mostly rambled by saying that if you have a collection, if you have a story that you want to tell, if you have an embarrassing thing that you did because of an obsession, I want to know about it. So either DM me at the gimme pod at gmail.com, or you can email me at, if you don't have an Instagram, I think I just plugged my Gmail. That's so weird. I'm having, I'm seeing double tonight, guys. Uh, if you want to email me, it's thegimmepod at gmail.com or at thegimmepod on Instagram or Twitter. 
happy to hear your wild stories. I don't know if you want to tell me about your Polly Pocket collection or how you made out with a guy at a concert and he was like in a band that you were obsessed with. Like, I want to know. I want to know all the stories. And guys, I want to thank you so much for being a listener to this podcast. It means a lot to me. It really does. Um, I am a one man show here. I'm a one man show. You know, I have my friends over at Dead and Mellow who I am in their network, but I am really a one man show. So it is uh, like, like, I am really rambling now. It is because of your listenership that I can still do this podcast and put my annoying Fran Drescher sounding voice out there into the internet sphere. So please continue listening in Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, Pandora, wherever you listen. And don't forget to rate and review. If you guys give me five stars, I will give you a sticker. I may even give you two stickers. And yes, Janet McNamara, if you're listening, I will bring you a sticker next time I come visit you. Guys, have a great night. Take care. You've been listening to The Gimme. See you next week. Bye. This has been brought to you by Dead and Mellow. Follow us on all your social media platforms and shop around at deadandmellow.com to see all of our stand-up, music, and podcast releases. Thank you, and God bless America. All right, see you later. See Are you we guys. actually leaving or just ending? <laughs> <laughs>